1 Timothy chapter 1. We'll start off in verse 1, and then we'll read through um, verse, verse 5, and then we'll get going. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which in the faith so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word. And as we take a look at these things, may we allow your word to be the final authority in all things that uh, we come to a greater knowledge and appreciation of your word, that we, through patience, comfort the scriptures, might have hope that uh, we would be able to put your life on display as we've seen it put on display in the last few weeks or so, uh, that we might be to the praise and honor and glory of your grace. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> or, do you have a, somebody leave or a visitor? Okay, all right. I was like... The bad time for somebody to poke their head in and then just leave. All right. By the way, that's probably not going to happen a lot over there uh, with visitors just sticking their head in. What's going on? And then they leave. And you do have a, a, a door that you can see through, so they'll we'll, you'll be able to see them. And yeah, yeah, I'll be able to see them as they come in. So yeah. All right. First Timothy chapter one. Uh, we've talked about Paul, and of course, we didn't spend a lot of time on that because that was the basis of our of our conference, right? So we, I think that was well taken care of. We've established that issue. Next, we talked about an apostle of Jesus Christ, and we dealt with the fact that Paul's apostleship was different than all those others that came before him. And why is that important? So it's a question. Why is that important? Why is it important to know that Paul is different than the twelve? Well, if and, and I can kind of speak on experience on this. If when I was growing up and I was taught the things that I was taught, when I look at that and I try to figure out why isn't that verse working in my life? One of those was, you know, with, and I always use this, this example, I was told, and it's from Scripture, whatsoever ye ask in my name, ye shall receive. And so I've said, I've said this, and I've used this, this example for years, and I've said this, I'm still waiting on the bicycle that I believed I would get when I was six years old. Because that's what I was told. If you whatsoever, whatsoever you ask in my name, believing, you shall receive it. There's no stipulation that it has to be this. It can't be a bicycle. You can, whatever you ask for, except for a bicycle, you're going to get. What the verse says is, whatsoever you ask of, you're going to get it. So then I was always, why isn't that working? Well, what's the first answer that you're given? It's one of three things, right? Um, you're not believing hard enough. <laughs> How hard am I supposed to... Is there a scale? Like, is, does my face take a certain shade before I'm like, 
okay, you finally, you finally believed enough. Like there's not a scale that you can look at and say, you know, you go to the hospital and they say, what's the pain? Zero to 10, one to 10. Well, you can look at that and say, well, this is my face. So I'm in an eight or whatever. Right. When I had my, my, my kidney stone last year, I think it was probably a 12. It was the worst pain I've ever had other than my, my appendix. That was anyway, but there was a scale you could look at and say, that's, that's me right now. Well, believing there's not a scale of, well, you believed a little, you believed more, you believe more than that. And then, all right, here's the point that you believed enough and you get it. Right? How would you know until you got there? How would you know until you got there? Well, when the bike showed up, then I would have known I believed enough, I guess. Right? So the other thing is what? Well, you might have an unconfessed sin. Who in the world doesn't have an unconfessed sin? Everybody. Well, when you look at those passages, what do you find out? When, when, when Christ went to heal people, how quickly did it take for them to get healed? Immediately. They didn't have to wait. The other answer that sometimes you're given is what? Well, you, gotta, you've, you maybe not have given enough. Whether it's time or money, you've not given enough to get that. Well, my thing is, in, in, in my situation, I'm six. I don't have a job. It's not like I'm going to go get, get a job and get paid to go buy a bicycle, right? But the other thing is, if I go get a job, instead of giving money to somebody, why don't I just use that money to go buy the bicycle myself? You know, there's some issues there that, that the theology doesn't always match up with the actual verses. So you look at those things, and if I'm trying to live my life based on what Peter and the 12 taught, or Peter and the 11 taught, what am I going to find out about my life all the time is what? Always fall short. I'm never good enough. I never will be good enough. And one of the things that I grew up in was we didn't, we didn't believe in divine healing. We believed in divine health. You're just, you're just, you're never sick. Well, what happens when you do get sick? Well, it's one of those three things again, right? So you're kind of stuck in this situation that how do I know if I've done enough? Well, you don't know. You just never know. But if you come to a position where we understand who our apostle is, and we don't go read whatsoever you ask in my name, believe, and you shall receive. We don't go read that and say, that's mine, because I know that's not written to me, about me, or for me. Now, it's written for my learning, but it's not to me. That's not a promise that God's made to us today. Well, you start thinking about the healing and, and the health stuff. What's one of the things that we know? Philippians tells us what? It's a gift not only to believe on Him, but to suffer for His sake. We're not promised to get out. <laughs> but we are promised that He's going to help us through whatever situation it is. And it's whatever situation it is. The, the difference is life. The life that we have in Christ Jesus, the only place that you're going to find out that you have that now as a current possession is in Paul's epistles. So when we say, why, is it make, why do we make a big deal about Paul? That's why. To know where to go to find out how to deal with life and all that stuff. Now, 
we talked about Paul being an apostle of Jesus Christ and how he wasn't meant or he wasn't meet to be one, but he was one anyway. Well, why? Notice in verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what I want to look at today is that issue of that commandment. Why is Paul an apostle? That's why. By the commandment of God. Notice this real quick. Go over to Titus chapter 1. Um, it seems so long ago. Um, but we went through Titus a few years ago. What we found out back there is some really good stuff. What we find out today is Paul is an apostle by the commandment of God. Notice this in Titus chapter 1, verse 3, verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested His word through preaching, which is committed unto me, how? According to the commandment of God our Savior. Not only does Paul have an apostleship by the commandment of God, but what else does he have is there is a, what? His word through preaching. So not only do we have the fact that he's, his apostleship is by the commandment of God, but it's also by the commandment of God or according to the commandment of God that he is to go and preach the word of God. Now, what we find out is what? There's something that God's done before the world began that in due times he commands Paul to preach about. In the last session, we talked about the secret that God kept, right? What is it that Paul is to preach? That mystery, right? We can go through and take a look at those things. But we'll, 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 we'll look at those as we go through. But I want us to kind of keep those things in mind as we go through this. Notice, let's go real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I, I, I want to mention... I want to mention some of these things real quick. In fact, go to Romans chapter 1 first. <clears throat> I, want us, I want us to see I want us to see some of these things. <clears throat> Just as a reminder, if you will. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had, before, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship 
for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be at Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's a bunch of things that's going on in in this passage here that a lot of folks go and they create stuff and they create problems. Um, one of the things that I've learned over the years is, you know the best way to stay away from problems? <laughs> stay away from them. Don't create more, because that's what a lot of people do. They go here to verse 1 and they say, okay, Paul separated under the gospel of God, which is Old Testament stuff, so this was something that God did before, and, and, and he's, they get into, well, the gospel of God, and the gospel of Christ, and the gospel of this, and the gospel, and they start making all these divisions. They create problems that shouldn't exist. But there's a lot of this stuff. But notice, <clears throat> Paul is serving to Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. Who is it that's doing this calling of Paul to be an apostle? It's by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we see over in, in, in 1 Timothy, right? So what I want us to think about is this issue of the commandment really has to do with, with the idea of by, you know, by whose authority? Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and they just don't like what you're saying about the Bible? And then their question is, well, who did you learn this from? You know what they're looking for? They're looking for who's your authority. And if I've got a better authority than you, then what I say wins and what you say goes away. Now, when we go through and we talk about Paul being an apostle of Jesus Christ, Who's, by whose authority is he called an apostle? By God and Jesus Christ, right? So we see that. That's why it's important for us to know and understand. He's not an odd 13th apostle, but there is a particular reason why God calls him out. Go over to, to, to Acts chapter 13, and the Holy Spirit calls out Barnabas and Saul. And then those two guys work together for a long period of time. And Acts chapter 9, when he's saved... He tells Ananias what? When this guy comes in, tell him I've got a job for him to do. When he's when he's struck down on the road to Damascus, what's he say? What wilt thou have me to do? He's ready to go to work right off the bat. He knows there's something that's going on, and he learns a little bit more about that as we go through. We see some of those things. Notice real quick, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter one, <clears throat> verse one. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the what? When you look at that phrase, will of God, Greg Hayes had mentioned this before, and he mentioned it last two weeks ago at our conference. I think it's what, 23 times the phrase, the will of God shows up. I think it's like eight of them are referring to Paul's apostleship. 
So if you want to know what God's will is, part of it is what? That Paul's an apostle. Not just an apostle, but Romans 11 says he's the apostle of the, or to the what? Or of the Gentiles. Now, it's interesting. We'll take a look at something else with that here in a moment. But that issue of the will of God. If somebody comes along and says, Paul shouldn't be an apostle, what are they denying? If somebody comes along and says, if it God, God's not called, you don't have Paul as your apostle, what are they denying? It's the will of God. What's the will of God for your life as far as an apostle goes is who? <laughs> Paul. Now again, is that to put Paul up on a pedestal or anything like that? And the answer is no. One of the things, <clears throat> there's a verse and I, I didn't write it down. Well, I didn't, I don't have it here. I wrote it down somewhere else that, that somebody mentioned at the conference and it talked about the fact that the the people the nation of Israel believed God and his servant Moses. But we've got folks today that don't believe their their servant, their apostle Paul. For what reason? Delano I've talked about this before. You know what the greatest thing about grace is? Is it frees you from performing. Now we've, we've mentioned this before. <clears throat> do, you, do we have to, by some commandment of God, meet together Sunday mornings? No. Something you can choose to do, right? But there's not a thing God says you have to meet. Now I know everybody goes to Hebrews and like forsake not the sin. That's not what he's talking about in the passage anyway. Mm -hmm. That's something completely different. But you think of that, you think about that stuff. What grace does is frees you from stuff. You don't have to perform. And what I've always said is, you know, when you look at when you look at forgiveness, and we've talked about this before. Paul says, forgive as you've been forgiven. Now, do we have to forgive? No, but we get to. Do we have to serve? No, but we get to. Well, it was Christ's choice to die on the cross. Yeah. You know, it's his faith to the cross. Mm -hmm. And that, that's that issue, right? You look at that and you're like, we don't have to, but we get to do certain things. You didn't have to. He didn't have to, but he chose. And we see that over and over again. And it's interesting when you look at that, and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and what's he say? Not my will, but yours. He's saying, I, I completely choose of my own volition to work off your will. And that's the, that's the thought that we should have. Here, notice what we have. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Let's go take a look at a couple other of these. Um, by the way, there's a bunch of these. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> so 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. 
Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the what? (laughs) By the will of God. Whose idea was it to make him an apostle? Who's God's idea? It's his choice. And Timothy, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Achaia. Um, Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Well, in fact, before you get there, stop at Galatians. This one's even better. I like this one because it's it's the exact opposite, yet the same, which is kind of a hard thing to think about. Notice here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man. You know what he's saying there? Men didn't tell me to go be an apostle. Nobody told me that I need to go be apostle. Notice, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. When when and we'll get to this, we'll get to this later on as we go through it. You know, over in First Timothy, where Paul says that they teach no other doctrine. And how you're not supposed to go by genealogies and all that stuff. My thought on that is that idea of succession. Well, I learned this from so-and-so. They learned it from so-and-so. They learned it from so-and-so. And look at how smart I am because of all the people that came before me that I'm linked to. In what I grew up in, the idea of apostolic succession... I remember watching on TV one time. There was a big TV guy, and he was talking about how a particular person that a lot of people in this group found to be really good shows the video of this guy actually laying hands on him, imparting unto him his unction of the Holy Spirit, if you will. And... He had his hands laid on him by the guy before him. He had his hands laid on So the idea is this guy down here has all this stuff behind him. Look at who I am. Paul's saying I'm the exact opposite of that. I don't have anybody that says, look, it, you need to go do this. It's by what? It's by the will of God. Go to Ephesians. <clears throat> so when we look at that endless genealogies, A lot of times I think that's one of the things that he's talking about there. And I want you to think about this. Why would that be important? If something starts with Paul, was there anybody before him that he could say, well, I learned it from so-and-so? It was just the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can get caught up in all those genealogies, but something new started. It's just another one of those things you can say, something new is going on. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, here it is again, by the will of God. Colossians chapter 1.
Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. You could probably quote it by now, right? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by what? The will of God. What did we find out last week is he wasn't meant to be an apostle because he didn't qualify except God says, I'm your qualification. We've already read the one in 1 Timothy. Get 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter one. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter one, verse one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Notice, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. So there's this issue that he says the the commandment, the authority by the will of God. Paul is an apostle. No other way could he be qualified. Notice, um, that's one of those things that we want to make sure that we keep in mind. It's the commandment, the authority, and the will of God gives us Paul, the apostle. The apostle of the Gentiles, Romans chapter 11. I want you to stop and think about this. Did, did the Gentiles at any time prior to this ever have their own apostle? That's an interesting thing to think about. Notice... <clears throat> Go here real quick. We're, we're close to this. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We kind of looked at this a little bit the last time. Notice, notice verse, verse 6. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. What do we find out there? He's ordained a preacher and an apostle. A teacher of the who? Should we kind of pay attention to that? And, and you, you know, you think about this. We, we talked about this before. The, the 12 all went to who? Israel. And then Israel was to go and be a blessing for the Gentiles. Was Gentile salvation always promised in the Old Testament? Salvation. Bad choice of word. Yeah. Promised. Yeah, no, that's thank you for guessing. Huh? It was available. That's better than promised, right? Thank you. 
You know, sometimes sometimes I, I say faster than I think. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But but you caught me. <laughs> but was salvation for a Gentile available throughout the Old Testament? Yeah. yeah. But through who? The nation of Israel, through the Jews. Right? What's one of the things they had to do? Bless Israel. Go real quick. Go to, uh, let's go get a couple things real quick. Get, uh, get Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 25. Get Matthew 25 in one hand. And get Genesis chapter 12 in the other. So Genesis chapter 12 and Matthew chapter 25. In Genesis chapter t- chapter 10, you have the na- you have the Isles of the Gentiles. Genesis chapter 12 God calls out Abraham, right? Or Abram at the time. And says, I want to do something with you. Notice here in in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram. By the way, have you ever noticed that before? The Lord had said to Abram. So it's not in Genesis chapter 12 where He says it. It's something He's already said to Abram. Prior to, but that, you know, you think about that. So, this is something that's already been revealed to Abram. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Now, what's he saying? Well, you go back to Genesis chapter 10, and what did we find out? That you have these nations that have languages and barriers and all these things. It says, This is what makes a nation. And what does God tell to Abram? says, get thee out of thy country, out away from thy kindred, and from, uh, from thy father's house unto a land I will show thee. So he's saying what? What you've grown up in with your border, your language, the way that you do things, I want you to leave that and I want to send you to a different place. And there's a land I'm going to show you that I'm going to send you. Notice, and I will make of thee a great nation. Let me insert there. Contrary to modern day evangelicals, that great nation is not America. Never has been, never will be. Now, have we been a great nation for a long period of time? We have. Have we messed up a bunch of stuff? We have. Are we as powerful now as we were Three years ago, probably not. (laughs) But the nation that we live in now was made great because people did some things, not because God chose that nation to be powerful. Does that kind of make sense? What's interesting is we're living in a time where evangelicals have always said we're God's chosen nation 
We're the replacement Israel. We're spiritual Israel. God's going to do something through America to save the world. But that's not the issue. We're not here to overthrow, and we said this last week, we're not here to overthrow governments. We're here to what? Get people saved and bring them to the knowledge of the truth. You know, the quickest way to change your community is go be Christ in your community. Go get people saved, bring them to the knowledge of the truth. You all hang out and you all do what? Go get people saved to bring them to the knowledge of the truth. Do you know what happens eventually? When you start getting enough folks, you're starting to change the culture and the community around you. We're not going to do it through political power. Never have. That's not what we're called to do. We're ambassadors. Do you know what an ambassador does when they're in another country? They represent the country that they come from. Does an ambassador go into another country and say, you all have to start acting like me? No. That's interesting, right? Is an ambassador ever going to have political power in another country? They can't run for an office. There's a reason, whether it's been misused or not, there's a reason that we say you have to be a citizen to be president. Right? That's one of the things that we got with that. But notice here, I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Notice, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. <clears throat> so when he tells Abram, he says what? If people bless you, I'll bless them. If they curse you, what am I going to do? I'm going to curse them. And we see that all throughout, all throughout history. Go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. We see this. Right? We could also go take a look at the Seraphonician woman and understand what's going on there. The reason that Christ ignores her is because she's a Gentile. Now, you bring that up to a modern day evangelical and you're blaspheming. Trust me, I know. Because I've been told that. So, I've been told you're, a, you're teaching doctrines of devils if... You know, you know the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Remember when that was true? When everybody wasn't offended by words? It was good times. Anyway, but that's that thing. So many people today are so worried about, I'm offended and I'm this and I'm that and all that stuff. <clears throat> but when we start looking at these things, when you start saying stuff like what we're talking about, that's what you hear. And <laughs> you say, okay, praise the Lord. I'm going to pray for you. And then we'll move on. Well, I want you to notice this. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man, verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. 
And before him shall be gathered all nations. How many nations? All nations. Notice that's nations plural. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king, that's Jesus Christ by the way, say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, what? Inherit the kingdom, what? Prepared for you. From the foundation of the world. Now, that brings us back to, you caught me earlier, was the kingdom promised to the, to the Gentiles? No. But was it prepared to have Gentiles in it? Yes, because it was available, right? The promise was to Israel. And Israel was to take that promise to the, to the Gentiles and say, come be a part of it. And that's exactly what they get. So here he's dealing with the nations out there that Abram, by the way, was separated from, right? Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. By the way, that's what? Genesis 1, right? Now, what we've talked about before is what Paul does is he takes us before the foundation of the world, right? We looked at that in, in Titus earlier. Paul takes us back before that. That's an interesting thing to pay attention to. Why is it that they get to go into the kingdom? For I was in hunger, verse 35, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and he clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw thee we an hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Do you know what he's saying? Because you bless this group, I'm going to bless you. And you get to go in the kingdom. That was part of the way that they had to do it. What else did they have to do to be a part of that nation? Well, they had to bless them. And what? They had to go get sprinkled with water. Right? You go through, and we talked about this before, baptism was a sprinkling. So they had to go and be a part of baptism. What else did they have to do? You had to start following the law. So they did those things, and now what do they get? They need to go be in that kingdom. Well, what about the others? Notice verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devils and his angels. By the way, who was hell prepared for? Devil and his angels. Mm -hmm. Now that brings in a whole bunch of other questions that we can talk about later on. Think about this. When God created, well, we're going to that. <laughs>
We'll talk about that later. So what's he fulfilling here in Matthew chapter 25 is what? That promise that he made to Abram. I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. And he goes through and says the exact opposite. You didn't give me food. You didn't give me water. You didn't take care of me. You didn't do anything. And so since you didn't do it unto the least of these, you didn't do it unto me. So what we see there in Matthew 25 is a fulfillment of that Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 12. By those nations. Now, what do we know is that nation, Israel, was not to be counted among the nations, right? God set them above those nations. What dispensational Bible study allows you to do is actually believe your Bible. It actually allows you to do that. Isn't it a weird concept to just think, I'm just going to believe what the verse says. Now the problem is, as you get into, like we said earlier, could I go and read the verse that says, whatsoever you ask for in faith believing, you shall receive it. Is that written down in a verse? Can I claim that verse and say, this is my verse, I'm going to believe, and I'm going to get what I asked for? You can, but don't expect it to happen. And don't let somebody come along and say, the reason it's not working is because you're not giving enough, you're not doing enough, you got to do this, you have unconfessed sin, you're not believing hard enough. No, the reason it doesn't work is because that's not what God's doing today. He has a commandment, He has a will, He has an authority, and all that has to do with who your apostle is. And if we know and understand that, then we don't live a life feeling that we're less or ashamed or fear of rejection from God or anybody else. We can take a look at the life that we have in Christ Jesus and say, this is true about me and I believe it because this is what the verse says. So we've, we've, talked, this, we've talked about this before. And I was just kind of... We'll finish up with this. We're living in a world, and this is why where, where I want to go with this. We're living in a world where we're so focused on our emotion that it runs our lives. We're all that way. Delilah says, me. <laughs> and I've said this before, and a lot of people disagreed with me, and that's okay. The... What we're seeing today with the stuff with Roe v. Wade is because emotion is being attached to it. Not logic. Emotions. People are upset. People are happy. Those are emotions. Our emotions should never be the thing that we base any decision on. Ever. Delilah tells me all the time, she's like, I'm wishy-washy because I change my mind all the time. And she knows and she realizes this, she admits it, it's because a lot of times emotions run her back and forth. We're all that way. 
We all deal with that. Now, here's my point. We've mentioned this before. Dewey. Right? The Dewey train. Doctrine. I promise that's an I. Doctrine. Why does it matter that I should know that Paul's my apostles? That's doctrine. Knowing that he's my apostle. Intellect. Because I know this, I can do something with it. Well, that's the will. I choose to do something based off of the doctrine. And then emotion. I used to live my life, and I, I do from time to time. I'm not going to say that I'm perfect or anything like that, because I'm not. We live in a world where that's the, that's the train, and it should be the caboose. We're living in a world where that's the engine. And then I'm going to, I, I feel a certain way about something, and I'm going to act on that emotion. And that's going to tell me what I believe. And that's going to tell me this is my standard. The world, we talked about it earlier, the wisdom that the world produces is that going backwards. How do you feel about? Now, since you feel that way about, what are you going to do about? And since you're going to do about, what's that kind of get? Do we see that? The way that we work is this way. We have to know something. Now, one of the things we talk about a lot of times is knowing. What is it? Understanding, wisdom, and prudence. I understand how a guitar works. I know you have chords with your left hand or right, depends on what you are. Chords with your left hand, you strum with your right. Sometimes you pick one, 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 one string, sometimes you don't. I understand that. I don't know how to play a guitar. That kind of makes sense? I understand how it works, but I can't do it. I understand how it works, but I don't know how to play one. Wisdom has to do with using the knowledge and understanding correctly. How do I use the information on how to play guitar? How do I use that correctly? Prudence has to do with doing it at the right time. Now, if you go to some lecture and you're sitting in the lecture hall, you're like, I know how to play guitar, I understand how to play guitar. I know how to, and so I'm just going to start playing right now. Is that a good time to start playing a guitar in the middle of a lecture? No. Prudence says, I don't do that at this time. I've got kids at school all the time. I want to do this. I'm like, 
you're in school. We don't do that when you're in school. They don't have prudence. They don't have wisdom. They very, very seldom do they have understanding and knowledge of stuff. But what I want us to think about is we have to know some things and understand some things and then we have to, by wisdom, use it and then know how to use it at the right time. But it all starts there. Has to. If it starts here, we're going to be in a mess every single time. Well, I don't feel like Paul's my apostle. Well, guess what? Your life's going to be a mess. Well, I don't feel like doing what Galatians 2.20 says. When we take a look at the will of God, that's the doctrine of Paul's apostleship. What are we going to do with it? Well, the good thing is, now you all know that, and you should understand that. Now, what do we go do with that, right? That's the issue. That's the good thing about grace. Not only does it free you from having to do, it actually frees you to go do the right thing the right way at the right time. It frees you up to use that knowledge. And it's an amazing thing. <clears throat> All right.